Welcome, welcome. This is Blue Blood TV, and we are finally live. Uh, my name is Hassan Pinto. I am the moderator, and I'm sitting here with Cambria Haro and Natalie Bodie. Say hello to the fans, guys. Hello, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we came in with that Drake, man, that sickle mode, man. Do you guys like that track? Do you like that? Great track. Great track. My favorite right now. Do you guys do you guys bounce it? Do you think you know how to bounce? Yeah, when he comes in the club, I mean, everybody's swaying. It's one of my favorites. It's been played a lot lately, but I still like it. I still think it's one of those songs that you can get tired of. You're right. You're right. I agree. No doubt about it. So let's tell everybody about Blue Blood TV, man. We've been waiting to do this. This is a groundbreaking show, and we're excited to just give our opinion on what's going on with Duke Carolina, right, guys? Yeah, absolutely. So so, uh, let's introduce you. Uh, Natalie, tell me about your role in this this, podcast. podcast. So I will be the Carolina pundit for this podcast and essentially I just kind of provide the breakdown on all things Carolina basketball. So we're going to talk about hot topics, previous games, upcoming games, news within uh, just Carolina basketball period and other Carolina sports, but we're kind of zoning out on basketball season right now. So all right, great, great, great. And Cambria, tell us about you. What? Why do we have you on the show? Because I know sports. Why else would you have me on the show? <laughs> She's a sports babe, guys. She's a sports babe. <laughs> I will be covering the Duke side, which is going to be interesting considering I am a UNC student. So I feel she like is. I'm going against my, my squad, but you can't hate on the Duke. Duke squad. I mean, yeah. they're very talented. <laughs> I'll admit you have some great players. Yeah, I mean, how can you can't really hate on the Duke squad right now, especially the Not basketball team with how they're playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you guys ready to dig into this? Yeah, let's go All for right. it. You guys ready to rock and roll? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Okay, we're going to kick off the uh, topics with what happened this weekend. Duke and Carolina played. And it was a pretty interesting weekend for both teams. Carolina came out with a loss, a very bad loss. And uh, Duke came out with a loss, an interesting loss, and lost one of their uh, favorite players, one of their star players, one of their five-star players. Um, So I want to start off with Cambria. Cambria, tell me what you think about this weekend with Duke basketball. You know... The game that stands out to me the most is the Syracuse game because Trey Jones went down after five and a half minutes, and he had four steals. He was dominant on the defensive side. And you could tell that he was such a prominent player in that game because as soon as he came out, I mean, Duke was up. Went on a 12-0 run. 12-0 run. And then they were up eight. And then when Trey Jones goes out, all of a sudden – they lost that gap, and it was a battle between two teams. And so you could tell that Trey Jones plays a significant part in the Duke squad. So it was really unfortunate to see him down, and especially with the Virginia game on Saturday, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But, but some people think they played better without Trey Jones. They felt like um, he can't, he doesn't shoot well. They felt like um, Zion potentially could be a, a better point forward. What do you think about that? See, I have to disagree with that. I think Trey Jones is just too good of a point guard. Because he is a playmaker. He's not, and he he attacks the point guards better than anyone else on that team. If you watch some video back, 
he is getting up in their face. Not a lot. A lot of players can't really get in the face and 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 dominate the court the way he does. And as soon as he's again four steals within five five and a half minutes. Four steals. All right. All right. So um, let's uh, let's get Natalie into the conversation. She's the Carolina pundit. Tell me what you think about the the Duke squad this weekend. Well, what stood out to me in that Syracuse game is you know the game before you have Cam Reddish hitting a buzzer beater to win that one and it's a thriller and then you kind of turn the tables and you know it's it's almost halftime and and Syracuse hits that buzzer beater to take the lead at half and I kind of thought that was the story of the game everything was falling for them I mean Duke had some chemistry issues you have a player go down that that disrupts your rhythm but everything was falling for Syracuse you can't complain if you were on that Syracuse team they came away with a good win okay so let's uh let's let's talk about both of those games so you got the Florida State game, you have the Syracuse game. I mean, Duke wins by two points. I mean, they could have lost that game, okay? Uh, Cam Reddish makes a great three-point shot. They they win by two. But do you see cracks in Duke's armor? Do you see it? Come on, Cambria, tell us what you think. I think that their weakness right now that really – that. I noticed is their defense and with trade again Trey Jones with him being out being the best defensive player on that squad it's going to be a quite the adjustment because they're going to need someone to get in Zion see I don't see Zion playing the point guard position I think he's too good down low he's too important of a player and you could see that in the Syracuse game he scored 35 points he was dominant and it's because they were able to get him the ball and he was able to maneuver around all the players that were down low, and he had three guys on him, and he could take them on his own. And it still wasn't enough. 35 points, what was that, a freshman record for Duke? Think about all the talented guys that have come through Duke, and Zion sets a 35-point, I mean, what, highest scoring game for a freshman ever? Highest scoring game. And it wasn't enough. They couldn't win that game. So you're telling me is not the superstar. He's going to have this great game, but it doesn't matter if he has a great game and nearly scores 40 because it's an L. Yeah, no, it's an L, but you also have to keep in mind they lost, again, Trey Jones, and they right. lost Cam Reddish because he was ill. So you, okay, you lose two of your starting players. That is very important. you got two starting players that aren't even playing, and you have to you have to put in these guys that haven't been playing that much. They haven't had that many minutes, so they don't have that much experience playing the on the court. Yeah, and so they come in, and they put in um, O'Connell. He comes in, he's got 16 points, but he's not able to dominate on the defensive side. He wasn't able to get around the point guards, and they were able to run past him, and they were able to score. All right, all right, all right. Okay, so let's answer the question. I see some cracks in the armor. Do you two see cracks? Absolutely. What are the cracks? What are the cracks in the armor? I mean, well, one of the issues is in Duke's win against Florida State, so you have Zion go down close to the end of the first half, and then you have Jack White replace him. And if you take out these superstar freshmen and you have to replace them with players from the bench, you don't necessarily have that much depth. I mean, does Duke have depth? Yes. Do they have superstar talent? Yes. But... When Cam's getting taken out and Trey's getting injured and then Zion goes out, it's there's a lot of changes that have to be made, and sometimes I, I doubt the continuity in their lineup. And we're talking January basketball, yes, but thus far... ACC play. ACC play. We have a bit to the tournament, so I hesitate a little bit because a lot can, can gel before then, but just a lack of continuity right now, and is that because they have so many freshman stars? Maybe, but 
but maybe not. So I guess we'll see going forward what they can do and what they can put together. Okay, so let's 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 ask another question. Uh, should Duke fans be worried? Should um, R.J. Barrett? What's his role? Who, who's going to take the lead? Who's going to hold the rock? Come on, Cambria, tell me what you think. See, I think that Duke is still an exceptional team, but they're not going to be the same. And from that, Duke fans should be a little bit worried because you can't. It, it, it's just it's not going to be the same. It, they're not going to be the same squad as they were before because what made Duke so exceptional is that they had these four starting freshmen that were able to work together, and now you take out one of them, your playmaker, and you have to kind of change it up a little bit. And so in the case of R.J. Barrett, he's going to really have to step up his game. I think he was 8 for 30 shots. And the reason why I think he took that many shots is because he lost two of his starters. So he probably felt the need to step up. He felt the need that he he couldn't trust the other players around him to get the job done. So he thought, might as well step up my game. But he's going to now have to be that playmaker. Okay, so Trey Jones is out indefinitely. We don't know what that means. That could be a week, two weeks, three weeks. We don't know. I mean, he could never play again. But um, is Duke still the dominant team? I have to say no. I mean, okay, here's where I'll disagree a little bit. I'm thinking if you are a Duke fan, there's no reason to be worried. I wish I could say differently, but let's just point out the obvious problems. Okay, injuries, chemistry, bench depth. But bottom line, you're out Trey Jones for a couple weeks. You still have Cam Reddish, R.J. Barrett, and Zion Williamson if they all stay healthy. With those three on your team, a storied program, and Coach K leading that pack, you have nothing to be worried about. I wish I could tell you right now that they're not going to be the same. I still think they're going to perform. Okay, okay, great, great, great. So let's get to that other team on the other side of town, UNC. UNC gets destroyed by Louisville, 83-62. And then they beat Notre Dame, 75-69, in a tight one. That was a tight one last night. Mm. Okay, let's talk about that game last night, um, the UNC game. Um, let's talk about the Louisville game. Um, this time we're going to start with Natalie. Natalie, uh, tell me your thoughts. Are we talking about the Notre Dame game last night? Is that what we're going to start you off You can with start wherever you would like to start off. All right, I'm going to start off with Louisville because I want to get that one over with. So, okay. <laughs> we some loss under Roy Williams in over a decade. We get that out of the way. Bad shooting, tons of turnovers. I mean, you hear him at his press conference, and, and Roy's just kind of saying that nothing, there's no brilliant answer for why they lost. They just couldn't get into the game. And see, that's what was so bad about it. I wish I could have told you that Louisville was just spectacular. And, and sure, maybe UNC was outcoached in that one, and, and, they, and Louisville definitely pulled out the win, but it was just a poor performance. And that's what it comes down to. And it exposed some, some issues on Carolina's part in, in our lineup and, and with continuity. But it just it was not an exciting game at all, and we couldn't get into it. And when you have 11 second-half turnovers and you're shooting 35%, you know, you're not really expecting to win that game. Okay, so um, who didn't show up? Who didn't show up on against Louisville? Well, I mean... I think the, the, the you, coach? Really, you can't necessarily blame blame one single player. I just think as a whole, the team looked out of character. We weren't ready to compete. Maybe Louisville. I don't. I don't think they executed some specific brilliant game plan. It's just bottom line, like Coach Roy said. 
nothing spectacular happened. They just did not compete. They were not in the game. It didn't look like they were playing in conference play. Kevin, what are your thoughts? Honestly, the Louisville game to me is kind of irrelevant at this point. I think I don't think you can't really say that it exposes any weaknesses. I just think everyone was off. I don't think anyone could just hit their shots. It was just an overall really bad game. I think they shot bad game. Just a bad game. I'm pretty. I think they shot like. 13% or less than 15% from the three-point line. So um, they were three for 22. Yeah, so, yeah so that's what I'm saying. Not, they couldn't hit their shots. And, you know, to see that game, to see how Nas Little played that game really badly, could not hit a layup, and then to see him play yesterday, I think that that game was just a bad game. Okay, so let's talk about yesterday's, yesterday's game. Was that the game that we wanted to play? Were you happy with that performance? I mean, a win's a win, and, you know, it was it was an ugly win, but I, I think Cambria has a point when she was talking about Nasir Little because he struggled in his first few conference games, and then he comes out yesterday, and he was the key to the game in, in Roy Williams' eyes, and he had 11 points all in the, the second half. And so you hear him saying that, you know, what changed here? What do you want to do going forward? He just wants to play his game. I think he's struggled with confidence. He's getting hammered by critics saying, oh, you're not getting the playing time you needed. Do you regret coming to UNC? Is your draft stock being hurt? He's dealing with a lot. And bottom line, UNC needs him to get in stride because we know we can what he can do. Yeah, so after yesterday's game, we sat down with Nas Little and we um, asked him, you know, what is it going to take? When does he think he's going to hit his stride? And so let's just go ahead and listen in. What do you want your game to look like in um, March? Uh, I want my game to look like just dominating all over the court. Whether it's hitting, out, hitting outside shots, scoring inside, you know, rebounding by, you know, getting more steals. Uh, just, do what, just do what I do, man. Just get more comfortable in the game. And do you think you have enough time to get to where you want, want to be? I mean, there's no timetable. It's just me trying to focus here every day and get better and better. Natalie, is there a timetable for Nas to hit his stride? I mean, I kind of think so. After hearing that quote, you know what that sounds like to me? That he's just been prepped well of how to handle questions like that. I mean, we're in conference play. He's been thrown under the fire a few times just because he is the biggest recruit in that class. Biggest. And he just he just seems like... You know, it's it's the textbook answer of how to answer, how to respond to that. I want to get better every day. There's no timetable. It's for the team. I think he's pissed off. If you want to know my answer, I think he's mad. I think he knows he can play better than this. I think he absolutely knows there's a timetable, and his playing time is suffering because of it. I think he's frustrated. Cambria, what do you think? You know, I have to agree. I think he is frustrated, but I, I don't think he's frustrated with his playing time. I think he's frustrated with maybe how he's performing because I have to think that Roy has a bigger plan in store. Um, I read an article recently about, you know, should Nas be playing a little bit more, but I guess when he was practicing at the beginning of the season, he kind of came in, he wasn't necessarily sure what he was doing, and that could have played a part in why he's not starting. Five-star recruits, Cambria. Tell me what your thoughts are. I think that five-star recruits would definitely make the game fun to watch because everyone wants to watch a five-star recruit. But at the same time, I think three to four, three and four-star recruits can definitely make the game just as entertaining. I think that as long as the game is fun to watch and remains competitive, then either works for me. Natalie, your thoughts? Well, I think this is an interesting question because you can look at it a few ways. So 
you know, if you're looking at Carolina and Duke basketball right now, who has more hype? Who's getting more media attention? Who has the big stars? Duke. Stars. And and see that and, and but that hype can can work for you and against you. So sure they're getting the coverage, but to be a nineteen an eighteen, nineteen year old freshman like a Zion Williamson, a Cam Reddish and RJ Barrett, getting that type of attention, I mean yes, they know how to handle it, but that's a big load on your back to carry in with you. And, I mean, I will say that there's two very different cultures going on, kind of the one-and-done superstar culture at Duke and then the family culture at Carolina where you're going to stay three to four years. But I kind of wish that we could have some some five-star guys, some Zion Williamson's coming here. Natalie wants the five stars. Cambria, do you want the five stars of too? Of course. Who doesn't want the The one-and-dones? I mean, yeah. Will, Guys that hang out with you for nine months and then move on? I mean, it will encourage them to come here if we had one, more one-and-dones. I think that encourages more players to come here because if you come here, then you're more likely to go to the NBA. So college has become a farm league for the NBA. Is that what you're, that's what you're promoting? I wouldn't say I'm promoting it. I would say that that's kind of just how it is. That's how it is. All right, so let's talk about... Uh, Kobe White. Um, let's talk about him and let's talk about your thoughts. Let's talk about his turnovers. Let's talk about what he adds to the game. Um, Natalie, tell me what you think about Kobe. You know, I'm very impressed with Kobe White. Against Notre Dame, you saw him lead the team in, in points for the fifth time this season. And being a freshman and being Roy Williams' point guard is a tough job. Um, I was not sure exactly how he would perform. You know, he's North Carolina's leading scorer all time in high school ball. He's a prolific scorer, but a lot of people had questions about the control he had on the ball, turnovers, and how he would would lead the team. And I'm very impressed. I mean, if you're going to have a conversation comparing him in seventh, I mean, at this point, I think that's that's kind of overdue. It's not really in the picture anymore. But yes, seventh has experience. But if you could have a three- or four-year point guard and Kobe White, that experience that he has will be invaluable to the team. And if he can continue to perform at this level under this high of pressure, he will continue to impress people and he will keep getting the starting role and the playing time he deserves. Okay, what do you guys think? Kobe White or Trey Jones? Trey Jones, sorry. (laughs) Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) I might have to agree with that one, too. Um, I mean, right now he's injured, so so we can't talk too much about about Trey Jones. Well, who's who's the better NBA player? I think Trey Jones is. I, I think, think it's too early to tell. You got to give it time. It's too early to tell, but Trey Jones is really showing out this season as a playmaker. But Kobe gets buckets. Kobe goes right to the rack. His energy is unmatchable. I will say that he's just a fun player to watch. If you watch, I'm going but to. You can't, it right. you, can't, you can't. You can't really compare right now. It's a little too early to tell, but. I think that they both bring such an energy to the team that that that's what really guides the team to be better. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. So, what's the consensus? Is is it Trey or is it Kobe? I'm going Trey. Sorry, Not Natalie. Me. My consensus is no consensus. I'm just gonna <laughs> say no comment. No comment for me. I'm gonna go with uh, it's January basketball. Ask me again in March. Okay, rivalry fans. Thank you for joining us. I uh, will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace. All right. And this episode was brought to you by the Blue Blood Robbery 5K Road Race. The Blue Blood Robbery 5K Road Race will run on March 9th in Meadowmont Village in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Join us at 8.30 a.m. You can sign up at BlueBloodRivalryRun.com. I'll say that one more time. BlueBloodRivalryRun.com. 
see you guys next week. Peace. Bye. Bye. Thank you.